0: First, First John chapter 2 and verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked, just as he walked. And then let me read to you the other two, you can just listen closely if you'd like. Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Our walk can please God, right? our walk now you please God because you're in Christ and you're loved of him and but your walk can please God if it's worthy Ephesians 4:1 now Ephesians 4:1 I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called all right so let's continue with our walking lessons here this morning we're talking about how we are to walk as believers not who we are in Christ but how we are to walk out who we are in Christ, how we are to walk out the salvation that we have already received. And this is vital. Of course, we've covered a number of different things in the Scriptures. There's just a lot of verses that say, "Walk." This way, by faith, in the Spirit, in the light, so forth. And we've covered a lot of those things. And that is to, again, help us to know what the Lord is pleased with. What is considered worthy of the call, worthy of the Lord. And uh, let's get into some more of that today. Ephesians chapter 5 is what we want to look at. Ephesians, the 5th chapter. And let's begin in verse 8. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse... Number eight, it said, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Everybody say, I was darkness, but now I'm light. Yeah, now obviously that's talking to the to a believer, to a saved person. It said, you used to be darkness, but now you are light. How many know that's different than I used to be darkness and I'm working on it? That's different than, I used to be darkness and now I'm dim, but, you know, it's, it's, getting, it's getting lighter. No, no, no. This is a clear and absolute distinction. Used to be darkness, now not darkness anymore. Now light. I used to not be light. No light at all. Completely dark. Now I am completely light. All right. No gray area, no middle, no transition time. It's just used to be dark. And how many know it's important for us to see the difference here? All right, uh, We don't want to look at a pre-Christ life as being okay. No, it was totally bad. Scripturally speaking, this is accurate. This is God's perspective. It was completely dark. The light was totally off. You know, no dimmer switch here on this on this one. Completely off, and now completely on. Yeah. All right. And so we should see ourselves from this perspective. Now I am light. Yeah. And that's just like God. That's quite a profound statement and, and a compliment and a, and a positive thing because the Bible says that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. And now the Scripture says here that you used to be dark, totally dark, Now you are completely light. You're just like God. So don't think of yourself as, I'm working on it. No, you're not working on it. God did it in you, and He completed it. He finished the work when He did it. The day you were born again, all the darkness went out, and all the light came in. And the reason there's no darkness in me is because there's no darkness in Him. I am born of God. If you've been saved, you are born of God. You have God's DNA, and there's no darkness in Him. So just like, naturally speaking, kids get what's in their parents. They a result of their DNA. And, and they get characteristics, physical characteristics and so forth from their parents. Likewise, when we were born of God, we get all of Him. So I shouldn't be looking at myself as a dark person. As a, you know, I'm just struggling. No, I am light. I am light in Him. I used to be dark, but now I am completely light. That's you. That's me. That's that's those in the, in the, in the kingdom of God. Notice the last part of that phrase, though. Look, verse verse 8 Walk as children of light He says this is what you are So this is how you're supposed to walk You are light, so walk in light You are light, so walk as A child of light How many know he's not telling you, you are dark But if you could just walk as light That would be helpful Uh, You know what that would be? Impossible (laughs) Uh, How many know you can't uh, If you want your cat to be a dog you don't try to get it to act like a dog if you, i mean if you really want a dog you shouldn't take your cat and try to teach it to bark you might be a youtube sensation yeah. but if you could get your cat to bark how many know it's still a cat <laughs> no matter how much it looks like if its name is fido or <laughs> and it's got a nice good sounding bark going on it's still a cat why? Well, I guess that's just what it is. Now here's the deal with us: we used to be darkness, now we're light. So what? Walk as children of light. Walk in a consistent manner with who you are. We're not trying to become something. God's not trying to tell you you are a rotten, rascal, dark. If you would start acting right. No, I can't. If you call me a cat, meow. <laughs> that, that's just what comes out of me. But if you tell me I'm light, and if you make me light, and He did then what naturally is to come out of us is good things, is is, is light. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Notice notice that balance there. We not only need to be good, we need to have what's right. We need to have what's true. It's not only important that we're nice, (laughs) that we're kind, that we're good to people, but we also give them the right thing. We also give them truth. Praise God. You don't want to substitute niceness and leave out truth because truth is what changes people. All right. Now, goodness is, the, is like the, well, this is what I see. It's like the taco shell, you know, to bring righteousness and truth in. So it's got to be couched in the right thing. If you don't have goodness, it's just a mess. Thank you Lord verse 10 <laughs> that's an odd illustration uh, verse 10 finding out what is acceptable to the Lord now now notice the, notice the language what is acceptable does that tell you that not everything's acceptable to the Lord yeah not everything is he is not. Uh, the kind of person that some imagine oh god just loves everything and everybody he accepts everything and everybody and just the way you are and just however however no 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 he said we are to find out what is acceptable to the lord some things are not acceptable to god and wouldn't that be tragic if you and i were walking with him and we're endeavoring to enjoy our life with the lord i'm just walking with god and yet we don't realize that he doesn't like anything we're doing that it is unacceptable to Him. See, we're, we're we're told in Scripture that we should study to show ourselves approved, all right? Or be diligent to show ourselves approved unto God. There, there are some things that we uh, must find out about Him. We must find out what He likes. We must discover what is acceptable to Him so that we can live our lives in a manner consistent with what is acceptable. Yes. Praise the Lord. This is necessary for our walk. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Okay, now notice the language there. Don't fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, expose them. Okay, now this is real interesting. This word uh, that's translated here, fellowship, is a word that really implies... um, that we are partakers and participants in the works of darkness. So when he's saying fellowship here, he's not just saying being in close proximity to it or having any association. It actually references partaking and and being involved in ungodly deeds. Okay, uh, another time that Bible verses uh, that that Greek word is used is in Revelation eighteen. Where the Lord told people to separate themselves from the ungodly religious system, uh, lest they become partakers uh, of her sins and receive her plagues. Okay, and so what we're talking about here is really, really essential that we get it right. Our relationship with those around us must be correct. Okay, now here's what I mean: not our relationship with those in the family, in the body of Christ. That's another important relationship that has many scriptural guidelines that should govern it, like the love of God, okay? But what I'm talking about is our relationship with those outside of the church is really, really important, and it's one of the truths that must be in place for our walk to be acceptable, our walk to be right with the Lord. We are not to live oblivious to those who are outside of the family of God. We should be fully aware and fully knowledgeable of their existence, their presence, and how our life impacts them from day to day. Okay? Now, uh, there's two ditches that I think people sometimes get into when it comes to our relationship towards the world, towards those on the outside One ditch is people want to completely avoid those who are in the world. They think, I'm saved, I'm with the Lord now, I'm righteous, and I don't want their dirty on me. I don't want any unrighteousness affecting my life. I don't want to be contaminated. And so they will separate themselves and avoid those in the world. That is not a good idea. It's not how in the world are we supposed to win anyone to the lord if we treat them like a plague <laughs> you know we say, i can't don't touch me don't come near me <laughs> no 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 uh, we don't want to avoid in that sense we, we we want to be involved with we want to have relationship with we want to be in contact with an association with those who don't know the lord scripturally they're called those who are on the outside all right if you have zero relationships with those on the outside that would be of concern Okay, well, how would I say it? You're in a ditch. You know, there's the road and there's a ditch on both sides. You've driven off. Okay, but also we don't want to overcorrect and go into the other side, the other ditch. And that's what he's talking about here. Those who fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, literally to the point, I'm not only in relationship with this person, but now I'm partaking of their evil practices and their evil deeds where I have become involved with their ungodliness. All right, can we stay in the middle of the road? We can. We're supposed to, and if we will, man, this thing will really work great. It really will. We're not, we're not going to fall into the, the trap of falling into unrighteousness, nor are we going to become, you know, like a, like a monk where we're just separate our, ourselves from, from the world, and it's just us and the Lord. It's not just us and the Lord. It's, we, it's us with the Lord in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Okay, It's us with the Lord in, in this world that we must relate to. And it's God's will. It is His plan that we do have relationships that way. Okay, so when unbelievers uh, come to your house, for example, and hopefully that happens, um, unbelievers come to your house, how do you relate to them? See, here's what we're discussing, a proper relationship with those who are on the outside. All right, How do we relate to them? And this is what's important we need to have conviction and principle as standard in our lives so where when we are as a if i am as a believer around someone who is an unbeliever where i influence them and they don't influence me all right cuz that can happen either way and some have really become spineless and uh and that might sound harsh but how many know that uh timidity doesn't get anywhere in the kingdom of god it really doesn't the bible says we're to come boldly before the throne of grace when you do that you obtain you receive from god but if you come sheepishly in there just just coming before god i'm i'm so unworthy you don't get anything you don't it's it's not god's will but you just don't get anywhere some say i'm more of a shy timid person i understand that but that can change it really can we can get you filled with the spirit Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you can become bold Really, even with whatever personality and background you have, you can be bold before God, and you can be a bold witness before people who don't know Him. Where you won't back down, you'll look people in the eye. Yeah. So here, what I'm saying is, I'm thinking of just examples. Many, many times, uh, probably a majority of us have come into a habit that before we eat, before we have a meal, we give thanks to the Lord. A lot, a lot of you, a lot of you do that on a just a regular basis. I think that's a good thing. Not only is it a good tradition, it's biblical. You know, the scripture says that our food is sanctified or separated by the word of God and prayer when it's received with thanksgiving. All right, so we we, we give thanks for our food, and um, and they do that. Many of us do that as a regular deal. But what about when unbelieving relatives come over? What about when? Someone who's quote biblically on the outside and they're over and they're having a meal with you. Do you change? Do you alter? See, I don't encourage that you that you would because you need to be light. In other words, it shouldn't be our goal to act like them. That doesn't win them. They should act like us when it comes to our domain. If it's at your house, you grab hands and pray. <laughs> And that say that'd be kind of awkward for them. I know, but they're at your house. Yeah, right. Right? That's just what you do. That's your domain. It's your responsibility. You know, it's kind of like God told Adam, "Take care of this place. Take care of this garden. Tend it. Keep it." And he didn't. He let the snake in. Right. And the snake spoke up. He should have said, "Snake, shut up." <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Right. In your domain. Now, if I was at someone else's house, I'm not going to demand that. If I go over to someone else's after I'm at their table. I'm not unless I know them really well and they know me really well. There might be an exception there, but I'm generally going to go with with what they do. I can give thanks on the inside just quietly. If I'm in a public place, a restaurant, you know, I might. If it's my family, again, we pray, pray out loud, play bold, pray bold. Invite the waitress to join if she's there. He's there. And and but if I'm with someone else, you know, it's a judge. It's a judgment call. How you, how you do that? It's not a not a matter of you're good or bad. Uh, but I want to have a standard. I think we should do right. I, I know this that sometimes people will act differently when their un, unbelieving relatives are with them for holidays and so forth, and they'll have friends and or unbelieving family that come stay with them. And I know a situation a couple years ago where I heard about this happening, and, and all, all these people they normally would go to church on Sunday, but when their unbelieving relatives were there, they all stayed home. And I thought, that is wrong. Why would you do that? Well, we don't want to make them uncomfortable or they're not used to going to church. I know, but you are. You're acting like them. They're not acting like you. What's the goal here? I think what they ought to have done is say, hey, this is Sunday or whenever, you know, whenever the day is they go to church and we worship the Lord, this is what we do, we believe in Him and He's our master, He blesses us, we're going to church. You'd be welcome to come. We'd love to have you along. If you don't want to come, we'll see you in a couple hours. See, Isn't that kind of rude? What, that they sat at your home for a couple hours or that they didn't go with you? <laughs> they disrespected what you do. Which one was rude? I'm not sure I'm following. Hmm. See, it's a... I think we ought to be calling the shots. Why? Because we are light. They are darkness. We have answers. They don't. We know where we're going. They're stumbling. Somebody's got to do them a favor by having some standards, some principles that they live by in their life and say, this is what we are going to do. This is how... We live our lives. Make sure that we are the ones ministering righteousness to them and not the other way around where they're ministering ungodliness to us. See, there should be a clear distinction between the believer and the unbeliever. There is in the mind of God. There needs to be that in a practical outworking of our lives. Our world wants to blur the lines between everything. You know, oh, we're all the same. You know, it's like some say, some, some try to push that. Men and women are really just the same. Uh, no. No, they're not. They're not the same emotionally. They're not the same, and they're not wired the same. They're definitely not the same physically. There's a difference, and God intended it for it to be that way. That's not a negative, that women and men are different from each other. supposed to be God's plan. <laughs> and when the lines are blurred... We all have to be the same Man, that's just wrong That's wrong It's really wrong when it comes to A believer and an unbeliever Where someone would not know the difference So, you know, they've been around you for a little bit Are are you a Christian or are you an atheist? I, I mean, wouldn't you be bugged if, if you came walking up to someone And they looked at you and said Are you a man or a woman? How I many know it's time to change the hairdo (laughs) time to change the clothes (laughs) something (laughs) something's got to change if there's confusion there because it's not supposed to be amen listen in our world they people want to they want to wash over that kind of stuff and say oh you know even to the point of celebrating those who are confused in that area we do not celebrate that we need to have compassion towards people who are confused you don't set them up as a standard and say, yeah, that's just, what, that's just part of the human race. Man, that's wrong. It doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You know, when a guy came to me one time and, and, and started showing me his other identity on Facebook. You know, and he, if you had looked at it, he wouldn't have known on Facebook. It was a woman. He was sharing his struggle with me. I don't say, oh, that's just wonderful. <laughs> you can be two people. You can be a man, woman. No, that's the devil, man. That's confusion. We reach out and help people in love and and, and help them get things straight in their thinking. Amen. Anyway, that's not really my topic. That's an illustration to my topic. Uh, When it comes to our walk with the Lord, it really ought to be very clear and distinct who we are and who we're not. Praise God. If you have an attitude, when people come to my house, I just want them to feel comfortable around us. That really shouldn't be the goal. Okay? Listen, the goal should be I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel loved by us. I want them to see the love of God in action. We're not condemning. We're not, uh, uh, you know, critical. We love them. But discomfort, I kind of want a little bit of that. You know, that's actually part of the goal. (laughs) We want them to be a little bit uh, uncomfortable. What, What do I mean by that? I'm talking. If one person is darkness and the other person is light, how many have ever been in a dark room for a while, and someone comes and turns on the light, bright light? Ah, that's not real comfortable, is it? That can be kind of annoying. All right, we have that effect to a degree upon unbelievers when we're really shining like we, like we truly are on the inside. You get around some, and you shine bright. You don't, you know, it exposes things. And there's a little discomfort not judgment not condemnation but exposure that's necessary how many know one of the reasons many people struggle with the same things over and over is because they hide it Hmm. you know those who are experts in the field of things like sexual addiction they will tell you that one of the biggest reasons why people struggle with stuff year after year is because they won't tell anybody They keep it a secret. They keep it on the inside. And for some reason, they just don't get free. But the moment they open up with someone and start getting help, man, God moves with that. It really does. And we are light. What do I mean? We are exposers. Now, we're not trying to take someone's sin and share it with the world. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the love of God. But but there's is, there is an element to our lives of just being who we are and saying what we know, speaking the truth in love, that it does uh, bring some e- exposure to, to some things. And if it brings conviction to someone, that's desirable. That when someone sees that they're not right with God and that He loves them, that's when things can change. All right, look at verse 12 with me. You're still there in Ephesians 5. Verse 12 says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. that not that, that, that different from the way things are today, huh? <laughs> I mean, he said it's shameful to even talk about what some of these people do. Man, talk about those who are in, living in darkness, unfruitful works of darkness. He said it's a shame to even talk about that. Now, what's it like in our culture today? We not only we talk about it, yeah, our, 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 our family rooms are filled with it and we stare at it for hours. What at one point wouldn't have even been discussed. Oh, you can't even talk about that. Can't even mention that. Now we celebrate it. We're entertained by it. We, we, it's just a normal part of our life. And I think we've gotten away from what God calls a worthy walk. There needs to be a standard in our lives. I'm not here to draw that line for you. You don't draw that line for me. We're not judging what each other does. But let the word of God paint a clear picture in your mind as to what is acceptable and what's not. Amen. Okay, and uh, and so he said it's it's shameful to even speak about some of this stuff. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Now manifest again, you know what that means. That's just clearly seen when something is manifest. It's seen. It's felt. It's in the physical world. It's it's on display. What does that? The light. That's you. That's me. Okay, you and me. Uh, We are the light, we make things manifest. How many understand um, that the idea that our lives are going to expose or shine the light on things only by our actions is not a complete biblical truth. There are sayings out there that I think are of value, and we learn something by, you know, those, there's a quote that says something to the effect of, you know, preach the gospel every day, and if necessary, use words. And I and I appreciate those the, what those statements are communicating, but how many know that's not biblical? It really, the Lord never told us just live and don't say anything. In fact, the first thing he said was go into all the world and preach preach the gospel in other words it is a walk and a word those things in combination bring change to someone's life there has to be the preaching of the gospel how can someone believe unless uh, unless they've heard all right and so let's remember those truths go hand in hand together verse 14 therefore he says awake you who sleep arise from the dead and christ will give you light see we need to continually um point the focus to where credit is due. I don't want to just live my life for God. Receive His blessings. Have the joy of the Lord. Have the peace of God. Have, a, have abundance and no lack. And not say anything about it. Why? Because that just makes me look good. That almost is, is almost communicating like the success and the joy that I have in my life is a result of something that I've done well. And that's not true. I, do n- I am not blessed because I'm so smart and I'm so good and I've done everything right. No, it is because of Him. And if we don't regularly say that and declare that it's the Lord's goodness, it is the Lord's faithfulness, oh how He has loved me. If we don't declare those things, we're communicating something that's not right. And if we are going to expose, what are we doing? We're shining the light of God's love and mercy and grace and his provision on on our lives, and so when people see us, they say, What do you got? Oh, the Lord's been good to me. Amen. Amen. Look for every opportunity you have. When someone says, How you doing? Sneak God in there. <laughs> Instead of, oh doing great. Sneak something in, a, in there about the Lord so they know it's not just your willpower. Yeah. I'm just really disciplined. And so, you know, no, 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 no. I acknowledge Him in all my ways. He has been good to me. Praise God. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay, now we're to the message. Everybody ready? (laughs) This is the way that we are to walk. Okay, we are to walk circumspectly. Everybody got that? How many walk in circumspectly? How many say, I don't know what circumspectly <laughs> is? <laughs> it's an interesting word. Circumspectly is one thing that is to characterize our walk. The word circumspect means exactly. It means accurately. This is talking about the precision of our walk. We're to walk a real certain way. Accurately. It, it means it, it, within that word, it, it means to look around. To look around. Think of the word circumference. All right, circumspectly. It, it, is, it is a word that has to do with being aware of what is around us. If I am walking and I am only aware of me and my life and my schedule and my time and my money and my... Uh, interests, then I am not walking worthy of his call. Something that should characterize the walk of every believer is they are aware of more than themselves, but what's going on around them. They are aware not only of those who are inside, but also those who are outside. Everybody with me now? Remember Jesus at one point rebuked people for not knowing the signs of the times. He said, you can look in the sky and you can tell when it's going to rain. You can predict some of these natural things, but you have no clue about what is happening here in God's timeline. How how the Messiah was standing before them and they didn't recognize what God was doing. And apparently he thought they ought to have recognized that. All right, let's not be those who were so caught up with our lives and let's not be those who are so undiscerning and unaware of the time in which we live and the world around us that we live oblivious to their existence there are people in your family in your life in your world in your neighborhood that are on the outside and jesus gave his life for them he shed his blood that they might come on the inside that they might come into the family of god and be saved And for us to live oblivious to that, I just can't say even though I walk in the Spirit and I walk by faith and I walk in the light that I have, I can't say that that's complete. If my walk does not involve a proper relationship with those on the outside. Everybody with me today? The Amplified Bible reads this way. Take a look here. It says, look carefully then how you walk. Remember, look around. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. All right? This is how we are to walk. Go over to Colossians chapter 4. How many know Colossians and Ephesians are similar books? If you've read the Bible much, you recognize they say a lot of the same things. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, walk in wisdom, period. Right? Now, if we were to stop there, how many know that is a a true statement? Would it be good for all of us to walk in wisdom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Word of God tells us, you know, to pray for wisdom if we have need of wisdom. We should seek the wisdom of God and walk in the wisdom. I don't want to walk as a fool. Right? Well, I should walk in wisdom. But notice the context. Walk in wisdom. Toward those who are outside. That's not talking outside the church, outside the, you know, in the outdoor air. Talking about those who are outside of the family of God. Outside of the body of Christ. He said you need to walk in wisdom toward them. This wisdom is not just for your own benefit. It is for their benefit. If I'm walking in wisdom towards them, they will be better off. Remember Proverbs said it is the... uh, That he who wins souls is wise. That means the fool doesn't know how to influence anybody. The fool doesn't know how to win anybody and influence their lives for, for the Lord. But wisdom will. And this is a New Testament directive that we... Walk in wisdom towards them. What's a proper relationship towards those on the outside? Not ignoring them. Not embracing their deeds. But embracing them in, in the wisdom of God so that they will be drawn to the Lord. He went on to say redeeming the time. That's, that's called making the most of every opportunity. It's called taking advantage of those contacts that you have, those, the, the, the people you run into, those opportunities that come before you. Verse 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Each one, which one? Those on the outside. He said you need to know how to answer those on the outside. So you've got to have the right speech, you've got to have grace you got to know what to say. You've got to have wisdom towards them because they have questions. And they have accusations. And they have a lot of issues. And if we'll walk right, we'll be able to answer them. We'll have wisdom to give them answers and help them in their lives. We should be opportunistic. How many know Jesus didn't just minister to the multitudes? He did. How many know He also ministered to the individual? He'd be walking along the road. He'd go in this place and that place, and wherever people were, that was an opportunity. Some of us, some of, well, my ministry is more public, but some of you may never have a ministry in a, a large assembly where you're speaking to a, a crowd of people, but every one of us are to, ha, are to have one-on-one ministry. That should be a part of all of our lives, where we reach out and touch someone. Remember, uh, the apostles, after Jesus was went back to heaven, in Mark 16, the scripture says that they went out everywhere and preached the word. The Lord worked with them in signs and wonders and so forth. They went out where? Everywhere. Well where's everywhere? everywhere? Well where isn't it? <laughs> so you're saying it's pretty much everywhere. everywhere. Everywhere they went in the park, in the mall, the gas station, on the job, in the house, in the front yard, the backyard, side yard, you know, everywhere. In other words, wherever they were, they saw this is an opportunity. If I'm here, and there's someone on the outside here. Okay, this is my opportunity to use the wisdom of God to show them grace and let, let them see God's love. Okay, this is a part of our walk now. Don't be. Let's not just be internally focused where we get all this stuff down where we're walking straight. And on the, all the whole motive is how we can be blessed and experience God's best. No, that's only part of this picture. Let's look at one more verse in, in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I encourage you, let, let the wisdom of God direct you. you. You know, if you're having a Christmas party, don't just invite your Christian friends. Invite some others that, that are not non-believers to come over. I mean, you know, if you're going to watch a football game, you got a bunch of people over, you don't have to just be your Christian friends that you invite. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 11. Verse 11. Notice what it says here. That you also aspire... To lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. And Here's here's the important verse right here. Now watch. Verse 12. That, or so that, you may walk properly toward those who are outside. This is a big focus in the New Testament. You've got to walk properly towards those on the outside. Not just for your own benefit. He goes on to say, and, say and, and, and that you may lack nothing. I think sometimes that's the only part of the verse we know. you got to do this, this, and this so that you're all taken care of and we're all supplied and we don't have any lacks. But he put that second. That's interesting. He put second what we oftentimes think of first. Do this, this, and this, and you will be okay. When he said no, do this, this, and this so they will be okay. You act this way, you live a quiet life, you mind your own business, you go to work because there are people out there that are going to benefit from watching how you conduct your life and how you walk. There's to, there are criticisms, there are people that are uh, they're on the outside, and you know what? Jesus died for them. He wants them to be on the inside. And if I live oblivious to their existence, and if I don't walk with them in mind, I'm going to miss out on something. And really, more importantly, they're going to miss out on something. There are some who call themselves Christians, and you just really want them not to. You do. I don't mean you wish them to go to hell or anything, but, you know. You know, like Amy was at the, at the bookstore the other day. Christian bookstore. You know that store, Family Christian Store. It's on the name. You know, she's just standing there. And how many feel like you should, every once in a while, you just really want to yell at her? i'm married to her and i don't even yell at her (laughs) not like you're supposed to do that anyway she i wasn't there with her but she was just standing there in line uh waiting to purchase some things and some some lady just started yelling at her (laughs) she was just full of anger and guile and just thought she should move faster or something and and just uh just started yelling at her i thought in the christian store I mean I don't think that would be even appropriate at Walmart. <laughs> With markdowns and shopping carts and <laughs> let alone at a Christian store. See people live sometimes they don't realize what they're doing is affecting those on the outside. Who knows who is all listening there. You know, I think how we shop how we treat people at the restaurant, how we drive, how we, of course, at, of course, at work and in our families and everything. I think all these things really matter. Not because our salvation is hinging in the, you know, hanging in the balance here. No, it's because someone else's is. Hmm. I'm secure in the Lord. He loves me and I'm saved. But not everybody is. And my walk ought to be with them in mind, not just with me in mind. Wisdom towards those on the outside Amen Amen. Father today we're so thankful That you're helping us We believe that you're stirring our hearts So we might be even more useful to you That we might be Who we are We are light We are light in you Our desire is to walk this light out To walk it out That others might see And be drawn to you May they be drawn to You because of Your goodness working in us. Lord, for this we give You thanks and praise. You are the most faithful, faithful God. Lord, we commit our ways to You. We delight ourselves in You. You give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, use us this week, I pray. Help us to be mindful, help us to walk circumspect, and use us this week to influence an ungodly world so that they might come into the family of God and no longer be on the outside. We pray in Jesus' name.